It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and. Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. On a Wednesday morning, it is uh, February 9th, uh, coming up on Sunday, of course, the Super Bowl, and it is going to be warm, 80 degrees. It is going to be outside, and guess what? I was listening to Tim Conway last night, and I say this every year also, uh, 80 degrees outside in Southern California, and people in Buffalo, New York, watching the Super Bowl, and it's 46 degrees uh, below zero. Okay, we're moving. And we get a lot of that. Rose Parade, a lot of that. Uh, Rose Bowl game, a lot of that. We're at war with Russia. I mean, not at war, war. I mean, the, even if an incursion does happen, if Russia invades Ukraine, uh, it's you're not going to see the world just jump at it and defend Ukraine and fight Russia. I don't even think it's going to be a proxy war. Uh, but... We have been at war, the Western uh, allies, the European Union and uh, Canada, the U.S., et cetera, have really been at, at war with Russia. And we have been in it for a very, very long time. And we've been in it for decades and decades, all through the collapse of the Soviet Union. And it really has to do with uh, this and misinformation. And particularly during uh, the era of the Internet, it has exploded. Because, well, look at the kind of misinformation we get on everything. The conspiracy theorists, uh, the people who believe in aliens coming down and having sex with Elvis. And uh, here's the love child. I mean, just crazy stuff. Used to be in the National Enquirer, and that was just for fun. Now it is almost mainstream internet. So uh, Russia has taken huge advantage of this. And uses uh, the internet, uses its methods of infiltrating, uh, hacking uh, on a state level. Now, does the United States do that against Russia and China? Yeah, we do, but not as close, not nearly to the level. Uh, This is a tool that is particularly used by communist governments or so-called communist governments now. Uh, And uh, we have been the victim of it, not only on uh, a business level. Remember, uh, Sony was hacked. Uh, and emails went flying all over the place, and we think the Chinese government was involved in that. But the the level and the sophistication is crazy. And here's what's going on on our side, because how do you fight fire with fire? Not really, because you are you, you become the defendant. You're throwing up your arms. You're dodging the bullets. You can't be the aggressor. It's not a fair fight. Russia comes out with all this disinformation, infiltrates our Internet, uh, puts up all uh, this 
crazy conspiracy stuff. Did it a lot uh, trying to get um, uh, uh, trying to get an election overturned or trying to push a candidate or an issue. I mean, they've done that historically. Uh, so instead of dodging bullets, here's what the United States is doing, and they very rarely ever do this in this case. We've been hearing about 100,000 troops, and we've been hearing about the uh, the different materiel, uh, the tanks, uh, all of the equipment moving into the border. And we've been seeing a lot of uh, national security photos. The U.S. government has spy satellites all over the world, and those photos of those tanks and those troops are being released internationally. That's how we're fighting back. And when you look at the history of this kind of intelligence, which is highly secret intelligence, being disseminated publicly, it happens so rarely. And the big one was 1962, uh, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, where President Kennedy at that time accused Russia of moving in ballistic uh, missiles into Cuba uh, nuclear missiles into Cuba. And of course, Russia completely denied it. And what the president did is simply hear the photos and release the photos for the whole world, which never happens. Well, it's happening now. Photos, top secret photos are being released and to prove what Russia is doing. And Russia is claiming, oh, no, no, we have no plans to invade Ukraine. Uh, we're a peaceful nation. We're simply talking about a defensive move. Yeah, all of those troops along the border uh, and thinking or trying to convince the rest of us, the rest of the world, that they're simply doing that as defense for fear of Ukraine marching into Russia. Even though Russia has uh, made a claim that Ukraine, that part of Ukraine is theirs, like the Crimea. Same thing, they out and out annex the Crimea. Hey, that's ours. And what did the world do about that? Nothing. And that is the problem. This is uh, a world where the military of various countries do very, very little. They just let it happen. There's a whole history of that going back to World War II when Germany annexed Austria, uh, when the uh, uh, after Versailles, uh, the uh, uh, Hitler took over uh, Czechoslovakia and it was given to him because everybody was afraid of the conflicts that might ensue. And the same thing is happening now. Is it going to be a real war? Uh, probably not. Is it going to be a war of disinformation, misinformation, even to the point of releasing top secret photos and intelligence? Yeah. Yeah. That is now part of the our, our arsenal and their arsenal. It's a whole new way of doing it. I guess the good news is people won't be dying. The bad news is who's ever the best at this gets the upper hand. Uh, now, uh, with the uh, Super Bowl 56 uh, coming uh, this Sunday to SoFi in Inglewood, and, uh, we've talked about and read stories about how, as a matter of fact, uh, I think it was last week I talked about how uh, SoFi came to be built in Inglewood and the various movers and shakers that were vying for uh, a stadium space and a city to uh, put the stadium in. Uh, Inglewood got it. 
And here comes uh, this spectacular stadium, uh, $5 billion, actually the crown jewel of the NFL. But what will happen is uh, visitors are going to come by and they're figuring 100,000 people are going to be somewhat connected to the 100,000 people visiting will be connected to the Super Bowl. And also uh, when they take long shots, uh, uh, the Goodyear blimp flying overhead with the long shots of the city, what you'll see is a bunch of construction cranes and scaffolds and half-finished business uh, buildings because Inglewood is in the middle of completely reinventing itself. It went from an area that was kind of, eh, I mean, you know, if people said, I'm moving to Inglewood a few years ago, you'd say, why would you do that? And it was not considered a terrific neighborhood. Well, boy, guess again, it is going to be a terrific neighborhood. And it's uh, the center is going to be this $5 billion stadium. I mean, it is a spectacular. The only one I can think of that approaches it, it the looks and the cost is Allegiant Stadium in uh, Las Vegas. Boy, that's a hell of a stadium, too. I mean, can you imagine stadiums now costing three, four, five billion dollars? I remember when the first billion dollar stadium broke ground. Everybody, oh my God, it can't cost that much. That's crazy. Well, uh, or when teams actually sold for $200 million or $400 million. And now you're getting, or not, you're getting uh, the sales prices in the billions, low billions of dollars for a professional team. So what is going on? Well, uh, you're not going to see the city ready for the Super Bowl the way it wants to be. Now, uh, by 2023, uh, you've got the College Football National Championship game at SoFi, and it will be in that city, and you'll see a very different Inglewood. By then, Hollywood Park. Uh, these are the three, around 300 acres encompassing the stadium that took the old uh, park. And that's going to have 314 new residents, high end residency, a 300 room hotel, 320 square feet of retail space. And that just begins the process. Last June, uh, the developers touted a city within a city. That's what we're going to have here. And we're halfway there. By 2025, Hollywood Park will have another 2,000 residents, uh, almost a million square feet of retail space, a six-acre artificial lake, and 25 acres of public parks and plazas. Uh, Inglewood is going to be transformed into one of those modern, uh, or so they say, most modern, successful cities that exist in the United States. Now, if you go south of Hollywood Park, work is already underway on an 18,000-seat the Intuit Dome, which is the future home of the L.A. Clippers. So not only are teams moving, and not only are teams moving into new quarters, the investments are just astronomical, and I guess that's what it takes. All right, so uh, right now you've got, let me count how many hotels, new hotels are in near the stadium. One, one is near the uh, stadium. And uh, hosts, so where do people stay? Well, they go to Airbnb. And if you look at the Airbnb rental prices, some of them are getting thousands of dollars per night. Where normally they wouldn't get anywhere near that. Now, a nice Airbnb, you can pay some money, $500, $800 per night. That's like a five-bedroom house. And, uh, you know, you put 10 people in it. And that's beautiful kitchen and living space, et cetera. 
Well, those are probably going for five times as much. The average rate in L.A. County is going to reach $445 uh, per night, the second highest level of any Super Bowl weekend ever on record. So it affects people within miles. Yesterday we talked about parking at the Super Bowl. And the prices of parking are in the hundreds of dollars. And I'm talking about two miles away where people have to hike two miles uh, into the stadium. And you're paying hundreds of dollars. And they had the shuttle. Theoretically, they have a shuttle. But uh, that, that, whole, that whole process broke down uh, during the Rams championship game. You couldn't get in. And so the uh, Olympics are coming in 2028. Uh, SoFi will be the middle of it because always uh, opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies are in the stadium, uh, sometimes newly built like SoFi, like Beijing with the eggs, uh, the bird's nest that was built for the last summer games. Uh, In LA, we're going to have two great stadiums, one uh, a retro stadium, just a, a glorious thing, the Coliseum that was built in the Great Depression. Uh, at one time sat 100,000 people. Now I think it's 70 or 80. They can reconfigure it. And we have SoFi. So we're already there. We have an amazing uh, aquatics venue and the velodrome in the valley for the bike racing. I mean, we're there. And Inglewood is going beyond there. Uh, there's a 300-room boutique hotel and resort is going to open by the end of 2022, and that's within the boundaries of Hollywood Park. Uh, a few blocks from there, uh, there's a 120-room Hilton True Hotel, which, well, that's been delayed uh, a couple of three years. But you go farther out from there, uh, there's a hotel right next to uh, the future basketball arena that they're building. And so... You have all of those public venues, and with public venues, people like to live near public venues. I'm talking about sporting venues. So uh, residential projects are popping up, Uh, some of them very high-end, high-rises where the condos themselves go for millions of dollars. I mean, you can pay a lot of money for uh, a condo within a building. Uh, But all the new ones, uh, very high end because they have to make up for uh, the mandated low income housing in the building. Uh, uh, Matter of fact, Grace Park, a development that uh, is in the works featuring 226 townhomes, uh, is just about to finish. It's sold out. 116 unit apartment complex, uh, just finished and sold out. So if it also goes to plan, uh, Inglewood effectively disappears and, uh, there'll be a poop, a people mover, pooper mover. How's that for Freudian uh, slip? Uh, Inglewood plans to have a billion dollar people mover in place for the 2028 games. It will connect the forum, SoFi, uh, Intuit Dome and, uh, the Metro Crenshaw LAX line. I mean, it is going to be massive and the traffic that is so horrible, except during the 1984 Olympics where everybody who lived in Los Angeles bailed out of town and the streets were empty. But that's not the case anymore. So they've, they're developing a billion-dollar people mover. Add that 
to all of the building and you're going to see an Inglewood that uh, simply doesn't exist. And people will, instead of going, ah, Inglewood, boy, what a neat place to live. That becomes an area where people are going to be flocking to. Uh, interesting story I want to share with you, and that has to do with ex-councilman Jose Huizar. Uh, he was busted for corruption and is awaiting trial on corruption charges, federal charges, as uh, well as state. They're trying to figure out uh, who is going to, where. actually, where he's going to go to jail is more the, is more the question. Now, that's a name we all know in Southern California when you look at public corruption. A name you probably don't know is Hui Huang, who is a billionaire, Chinese billionaire, runs hotels here in Southern California, and he goes to Las Vegas. He's one of those uh, whales, quote, whales that spend huge money gambling. And when I say huge money, uh, win or they can win or lose these folks millions of dollars on a weekend. Uh, it's uh, pretty crazy stuff. And then the hotels, uh, the higher end hotels, which of course is where these people stay, they have fleets of private jets and they have these insane hotel rooms, presidential suites in the hotel, all gratis given to these whales. And so here you have uh, this whale, Hui Hong, and his connection was to the Palazzo Hotel in Las Vegas. That was his hotel of choice. And so he spends a lot of time in Las Vegas. Jose uh, Huizar uh, is a councilman in whose district Hui Wong wanted to build a 77-story building, be the largest on the West Coast. And so the accusation here is a pay-for-play. Now, and that means I'll give you if you give me. It's a quid pro quo. And uh, the trial is set up, but it's kind of an interesting spin on this uh, because there is no evidence that money actually changed hands there is no evidence that checks were cash. There is no evidence that you could see, uh, much like in the DeLorean trial, where the cocaine was there on the table, handed to the uh, undercover agent. Uh, that didn't happen. This all had to do with uh, poker chips. That's what it's all about, is poker chips. Now, what did uh, Jose Suizar said? Well, yeah, I got a lot of fun stuff from Huang but pursuant to federal corruption charges, it doesn't quite made the grade. His attorneys are saying, yeah, it wasn't kosher, but at the same time, it wasn't ham. And it takes ham for you to be put in jail. Boy, how's that for a religious analogy, huh? And so uh, what these casino chips were about uh, was part of $800,000 that Huang paid Wezar an attempt to win the city approval for that uh, commercial tower in his district. And how do we know that actually happened? Well, uh, how about a couple of stories like just timing on the jet? So the Palacio sends its jet to pick up Huang from Southern California to fly into Los Angeles. Uh, you look at the flight manifest. It just so happens that Jose Huizar is on that plane during the time, exact times, uh, that Huang was flown to the Palazzo. Now, staying at the Palazzo, uh, there's no record of Jose Huizar there. 
although they have him all over the place, maybe he stayed in the suite with Huang. It's not like they shared twin beds in a room. I mean, those suites have multiple bedrooms and bedroom suites, and it's they're putting all of that together. Also, Huizar spent, uh, well, let's just say he walked out of the hotel with a ton of chips, and that they have. Now, where did he get them? We don't know, but Huang, and there is something that you may not know, that when a, uh, when a public figure is actually gambling at the tables, there has to be a form filled out, and it's called the Politically Exposed Person Form, PEP Papers. That's actually what they call it. And that has to be given to the hotel. They have to be notified. It's a disclosure issue. And it's it's to make sure that everybody knows who's gambling as a public figure, how much they're gambling, how much they win. Uh, so to avert exactly what this scandal, uh, what uh, Huizar is, enga- is allegedly engaged in this scandal. So all of that put together and you've got this corruption allegation and trial coming up and the feds think they have a hell of a case. And the... Uh, Defense attorneys are really arguing a couple of technicalities and hoping that the judge uh, or the jury under the law, under a specific interpretation of the law under under these circumstances, not those circumstances, will in fact uh, entitle Wezar a not guilty verdict. Uh, his, uh, according, and here's the other part of it. I, I love this story. How did all of this happen? Was it the feds being involved? Was it someone in Huizar's office? It was the security folks at the Palazzo who noticed something was really strange about this. There was just something that eh, didn't fit. They went to the feds who opened up an investigation, and this took a long time, and they put together all of the pieces and have enough now to have arrested Huizar, and he's awaiting trial. He was also removed from office as soon as the arrest was made. Uh, the city council threw him out of office, stopped his paychecks, and there was an argument. If a councilman hasn't been convicted, can uh, the paychecks stop? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can he be thrown out? He's been suspended. I mean, there are other ways of doing it. And uh, that argument, I think, is going to go forward that the entire suspension and the cutting off of the paycheck is illegal. I mean, they can certainly pull him off all, all his committees. But is he entitled to vote? Hmm. Uh, does the city allow is the city allowed to throw him out of office or at least suspend him? Yeah, probably. And then that paycheck. I mean, Huizar, city councilman, although they make pretty good money, uh, they're certainly not independently wealthy, not off the money they make. Whenever uh, anybody around the world thought of high tech, 
it always meant Silicon Valley. Really all started with HP up north, and that began uh, sort of the entire computer industry. And so these companies, and we're talking about uh, all kinds of high-name companies. Uh, Amazon has huge presence there. Uh, Oracle has a huge presence there. Facebook, huge, a huge presence. And a lot of these companies are based out of uh, Palo Alto, for specifically, for example. And why? Well, because the talent is there, because they came out of the entrepreneurs, came out of this area, and then started the computer industry. And, of course, uh, the computer industry has taken over the entire world, the Internet computers in general. You do nothing without computers anymore. And so here you had Silicon Valley and had a monopoly on high tech and the future. And it makes all the sense when you think about it. Uh, the talent that comes out of Berkeley uh, and you've got uh, the whole San Francisco area. I mean, you have unbelievable amounts of talent there, and that's what new companies need. That's what companies that are in high tech need. They need trained people. They need educated people. So right there is uh, the education level that gives them an advantage. Also, it's the Bay Area. Uh, you got the you got the beach. You got the ocean. You have the mountains, and it's just a neat place to live. Although now it's become impossible to live there. So what is going on with Silicon Valley and where are people moving? Well, some companies are moving down here, but I'll tell you where they're all going to in a big, big way uh, is Texas. We've talked about that. Austin, Texas specifically. Austin's a very interesting town. Texas is pretty conservative. I mean, way conservative. Uh, and there's one little island of a city, Austin. This is a liberal city. Uh, it's a college town. Uh, it has uh, high tech there, and that's growing. Uh, it's an island of liberalism, uh, if uh, you describe what the rest of Texas is. And companies are just moving there. Uh, Tesla announced that it was moving its headquarters to Austin. Uh, Elon Musk moved to Austin uh, because he doesn't have to pay any California income tax anymore. I mean, here's a guy, if you sell 100 million shares uh, of stock uh, a year, I think uh, Bezos took out a billion in the last couple of years. Uh, in, in California, the, first of all, there's no capital gains in California. It's 13.5% if you make over a million dollars for the first time. With the feds, you have ordinary income and the high end of it, the marginal income, I think is 39%, something like that. And in California, it's 13.5%. No capital gain. You get a cut to 22% on the federal level if it's a capital gain, investment money they bring back as opposed to earnings. And uh, you working, that's called that's ordinary income. California, they don't care. It's all the same. We're going to tax you no matter what. And people just got tired of it, especially wealthy people. So they moved it to Texas where there is no income tax and a few other states. So there is a reason people are moving there. And are we suffering? My God, are we in trouble, uh, especially Silicon Valley? Not even close. Even with everything going on, Silicon Valley is doing fine. California is doing great. Now, has there been a net uh, migration to Texas? Are more people living there or moving there than coming in here? Yep. But contrary to popular belief, the people that are moving there are not the high-end people. Those stay in California because they like it here. 
Now, I mean, there are some downsides. I actually grew up here in Southern California when the uh, when you had traffic jams uh, from five to six thirty Monday through Friday, and the weekends the freeways were empty. <laughs> Remember those days? Uh, probably not. And so people are leaving California, not in the way that we thought. Corporations are leaving California because taxes are so high here on a corporate level, but more companies are coming in. And why are they doing so? Well, there is the climate, which is huge. I mean, we have Southern California is probably the best climate on the planet. Uh, We have all of the natural wonders. We have the beaches, we have the mountains. And I mean, that's within an hour and a half each way. Uh, Well, the city is half an hour to uh, the, um, to the ocean and then what the first mountain range uh, is an hour and a half away. I mean, we just do And then they have the deserts. I mean, there's a lot to this place. And so why is California not sweating it? You think California would be on top of this and just sweating bullets, not even close. Why money is pouring into California. The tax rate is so high. People are still saying here, businesses are successful here. And Sacramento, strangely enough, uh, when all of this migration went, was more surprised than concerned. But you have experts out there, you have economists, uh, you have business experts that are saying, you know what, hang on a minute, this is going to be short-lived. What is going to happen is California will start really hurting, uh, especially the Bay Area. And the other thing is uh, venture capital, which is critical to any new startup. Nothing, no city, no state, no place in the world comes close to the Bay Area of new venture capital. Last year, $120 billion, uh, which until 2018 was more than the rest of the uh, country combined. And now people are moving out. Companies are actually saying, okay. Uh, we're going to try it someplace else, like the Hollywood uh, industry. When it was all California, it was all Hollywood, and then uh, producers realized the tax incentives and there are other places that are cheaper to film, and actually it took a huge swath of the industry. Well, it's happening, but the industry, the Silicon Valley, is so successful, there's so much money coming in that it's not even a question of kicking the can down the road. It's a question of... Nobody cares. So that was surprising. Thought California, the companies were bailing out. They're not. And the ones that are don't affect the revenue at all, even with the hundreds of billions of dollars involved. California is uh, closing down uh, death row up in San Quentin, which is, well, you know how I feel about the death penalty to begin with. Uh, I happen to love it. I like it for the retribution. I like it for closure. Uh, I uh, like it for justice and primarily I like it just for its entertainment value. You know, the last meal, last statement, uh, just, you know, what, what does someone say on the way, the marching to the gas chamber itself and, um, having witnessed, uh, one execution, uh, I thought it was one of the big highlights, you know, it's better than going to Disneyland. Uh, so, uh, I have a particular interest in uh, death row and also on a legal basis, uh, how impossible it is to give anybody the death sentence today, even though it's technically possible. 
it, it doesn't exist and will never execute another um, person on death row. So now they have death row. And the governor said, nope, we're closing it down. And, uh, and, and death row is uh, that entire block of cells. And it's right next to, uh, right near the actual execution room where the death chamber uh, is in, uh, where uh, lethal injection is now used. But it's been 16 years since uh, they uh, did it. And one of the things about death row uh, and uh, the death penalty here in uh, California are the politics. I mean, we go back and forth on this and have for decades and so you have Gavin Newsom, the governor, dismantling death row, but at the same time, keeping the death penalty alive. He's not pushing to have it overturned. There's a moratorium, which he says, on my watch, we're not going to put anybody to death. But it's still there. Because can you imagine if he commuted everybody on death row just because he hated death row. He hated the whole concept of the death penalty. We had a justice, Chief Justice Rose Bird, who was tossed out in 1986. Actually, uh, she lost her re-election, but she didn't know that judges in California actually run for re-election. They have 12-year terms, uh, and they actually have to run. No one ever loses, right? That's impossible. Uh, but... It is technically feasible, sort of, in one out of a thousand cases, uh, a justice will lose an election. Sitting justice. She did. And she was the chief justice. Why? Because she overturned every single death case in front of her when it was brought in front of the Supreme Court. She voted to eliminate uh, every single case. And why is that? Because she didn't believe in the death penalty. But hang on a minute. Aren't you a justice? Aren't you supposed to look at the law as it is written and uphold the law? Now, granted, there's some wiggle room there, but isn't that what you're supposed to do? And she was pretty clear on it. I don't believe in it. And there's no such thing as a case that goes before me that I will uphold the death sentence. Well, let me tell you, we got a little, we, and I was part of that, got a little pissed off at her. Gone. Two other justices also gone. And so it's the whole thing is very weird in terms of uh, liberal politicians being in favor of the death penalty. And because we in California effectively want to put these cockroaches to death. And death row started in 1893 here in uh, California. I mean, we have a long history of it. And we're one of those states that uh, we've never used, uh, for example, we never use the electric chair like old Sparky. We've had three different ways of uh, killing people. And it was either hanging people, shooting people, or now it's lethal injection, which having witnessed one of those, incredibly boring. We need a lot more drama in those things. So what we now have is a death row that's not being, well, it's being used to house prisoners. And the governor is saying, it's a waste of time, which it is at this point. And they're talking about moving prisoners into the general population. We're talking about convicted people who are still on death row, moving them into the uh, to the general population uh, along with, I mean, it's obvi- obviously it'd be a maximum security prison, uh, which is San Quentin. And it is, uh, you know, I, 
do I have mixed feelings? Uh, frankly, as as much as I am in favor of the death penalty, uh, it's just too expensive. If you look at the cost of putting uh, the prisoners, you put the uh, cost of uh, actually putting these condemned men, for the most part, to death, it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars for the ones that actually get ex- executed. And I don't think the governor went there and said it is just too expensive. Uh, he just is not in favor of the death penalty, although he doesn't say that. Uh, but the rule is, or what the order is, which he can do, is we're dismantling the whole thing. We're going to take those 790 prisoners and just move them to prisons all over the state. And um, the um, it just disappears. I think they should keep it all and make it a museum. I'd pay money to see that. You know, like you pay money to go to Alcatraz. And there's Al Capone's cell. There's the Birdman of Alcatraz where he hung out. I mean, that's great stuff. I would do the same thing with uh, Death Row up in San Quentin. Right, the governor did what he did. All right, yesterday, uh, something happened in the L.A. City Council. And they voted 10 to 4 to ask the city attorney, Mike Fuhr, to draft a law prohibiting bikes from being repaired or sold on streets or sidewalks. And uh, that's pretty specific. Why would they do that? Well, because one of the stories about homeless encampments uh, is you'll see a lot of bikes in front of these tents. And some are in pieces. Uh, Some are just uh, upright. And you actually see people tinkering with them, taking them apart, putting back together, repairing them. And that is considered a blight. And it's considered a blight that the police can't do much about and don't do much about. So there were enough complaints that uh, the city council said, okay, uh, we'll see what kind of laws we can pass to uh, either eliminate this or curtail this completely, the repair of bicycles, the sale of bicycles on city property in which a homeless encampment or a homeless tent is up. Uh, Councilman Joe Buschiano running for mayor, and he's focused uh, his concern, his campaign on public safety and the homeless encampments. And he introduced the motion uh, in the fall targeting bicycle chop shops, because that's the other thing that's going on, because it's not just repair and storage and tinkering. It's also chop shops where uh, a brand new bike, especially an expensive bike, can be stolen And the parts of an expensive bike are really expensive. And there is a healthy aftermarket for it. And that's what's going on with this. It's chop shops. And here is also the problem. Uh, Number one, who reports a bicycle theft to the police? And even if you do report, I had a red bike of uh, a certain color, a certain make. And it was stolen without a serial number. I mean, it can be, it's easily defendable saying, hey, how many bikes are there out there of this kind? Well, you know, 290,000. So how do you know, uh, Mr. City Attorney, that it was this bike that ended up in front of this encampment and a theft can be traced? Because rarely is there video, uh, there's video of people's homes. And that's becoming more prevalent, but obviously not prevalent enough 
in terms of stopping these bike thefts. Also, I, I, I'm trying to think, did I have a serial number? It's been a long time since I have a, a bicycle. I think at one point there were serial numbers on bikes put in by manufacturing. Uh, and, uh, Tyler, do you have a bike? I know uh, Wayne does. Uh, and he's got a, a couple of pretty high-end bikes. I don't. And I don't know if uh, any serial numbers. But then again, he's 12 years old too, Wayne. Uh, no, he's a bike guy. Does a lot of, uh, and he has, you know, does a lot of mountain biking. So there are critics of this saying, no, 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 we don't need this. First of all, bicycle theft is already illegal. And what the folks who are against this motion, and I have to tell you, this motion uh, uh, vote was voted on uh, overwhelmingly, you can say. I mean, it went 10 to 4 in city council, so you can say it's a landslide of these votes effectively. Well, those who are against it and voted no are arguing that bicycle theft is already illegal. They're just not enforcing it. And uh, it is a thinly veiled attempt to criminalize people living in encampments. Now, that is hilarious. Uh, a theft is involved and in arguing that you have an environment in which uh, it is encouraged to steal bicycles and to chop them up or sell them or repair them. Uh, that is really just an attempt to criminalize those people that are doing that. Councilwoman Nithya Rahman, or Rahman, who voted against the motion, uh, said, hey, and blocking the right of way is already illegal, which uh, doesn't answer the question of, hang on, uh, this is an illegal act activity on top of blocking the road or the public access. And uh, on top of harassing people where there's so much garbage that, well, I wouldn't say harassment, but just illegal dumping and leaving garbage on the streets. There's a huge move movement as these encampments have become more and more prevalent as they've becoming bigger. And now you have what 30 tents in an encampment or uh, in the Sepulveda Basin. I'm sure there are hundreds there. Um, you also have the authorities pulling back on enforcing the rules, enforcing vagrancy laws. It's made it very clear. There are enough politicians out there that say these people have a constitutional right to be on the street, and you cannot stop them. It is illegal. And the answer to that is, how about the garbage? How about the danger? How about the graffiti? How about the health issues? Vermin. I mean, a lot of rats run around that garbage. Well, no, all of that is just an attempt to criminalize these poor people. Well, I mean, what they're doing for the most part is criminal when you look at all that. You ever seen a, a homeless encampment or uh, you have tents along uh, the freeway or under uh, overpasses that are reasonably clean? Don't have garbage all over. Don't have stacks. I never have. And I would feel very different if it turned out that uh, people kept their place reasonably clean. Uh, but they don't. I mean, I think that's just one of the rules of being homeless is you have to pile the area with garbage. Otherwise, I guess they evict you. And they evict you for not having enough garbage around you. I mean, it's just a, a, a weird situation where police used to roust uh, encampments, roust people on the street, and there have been laws that are passed. You can't stay in parks after 10 p.m., so you can't overnight in parks. 
and what the cities did were just interesting stuff that also, in many cases, uh, were not allowed. For example, turning on sprinklers at 10 o'clock. And I mean installing sprinklers where every inch of the park got soaked. So if a homeless person wanted to live there and you can't move them out because they have a constitutional right to be at that park, and especially with the new laws saying, and if you don't put these people in shelters, uh, assuming they will go to shelters, if they don't get enough available shelter beds, you have to let them camp out and take the garbage with them, you know, and accept the garbage. And uh, it's a tough way to live for those of us. Uh, well, I was about to say for those of us who used to have uh, areas in which we lived that they never had encampments. Now, virtually all of us have encampments. So the city council is t- taking a different approach, a new approach, and that is the bicycle chop shops. Did you even know they existed? You know, they're, uh, these, they're repair shops. I'm sure some of them are very good. People know what they're doing, I'm assuming. It doesn't take that long to fix a bike, so they know how to fix a bike. But that's just one more little chink in the uh, in the armor that we have to deal with. And we're done. And we're back again tomorrow. So uh, it's uh, almost 10 o'clock. This is KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.